The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, in the green scene today, we're going to discover how overpackaging and overprocessing of food may damage our health. But first, scientists have recently discovered that adult humans can understand the meaning of gestures produced by bonobos and chimpanzees, despite not necessarily using such gestures themselves. I'm joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Pat. Now, who did this research? This is great research from a brilliant group in the University of St. Andrews in Scotland who have spent decades studying the behaviour of our nearest neighbours, the, the great apes. So they've spent hundreds and hundreds of months between them in forests looking at how these apes engage in their social communication. So they have mapped hundreds of different gestures that these apes make to communicate with each other. And for the first time, they decided to see, well, we've been here for, for decades studying these chimps, but what is what have we showed it to uninitiated humans? Would they understand what these chimps and bonobos are trying to say? And like the, as researchers, they understand the gestures because they've studied it. But for people who've never kind of watched them closely, expose them to these gestures and see, can they figure it out? Exactly. So that's exactly what they did. They took five and a half thousand participants who did a sort of gamification experiment. So they watched a game. They were shown different videos of chimps and bonobos making 10 of their most common gestures and um, half the group were given a bit of context so they might have been told this gesture was made in the context of the the group had just eaten or they had just woken up but half the group weren't given any context at all and and it didn't really matter that much in both cases more than half the time uh, nearly 60% of the time when given a little bit of context the humans were able to work out what the gestures meant. And these were not simply uh, is it uh, this or that it, it, they're asked to guess, are Well, they, they? they had four choices. So you could argue like one in four, they could have got them right 25% of yeah, the time. Yeah, 25% would have been the statistical yes. kind of guessing exactly, average. Exactly, exactly. But this is much more than that. This is much more than that. Now, again, if, if anyone has a chance to go and look online or if anyone has watched documented that shame, you may not be that surprised. I have to say, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, when you look at the common gestures, I mean, the chimps and bonobos fling a hand out, sort of out in front of them to say, go away. So, I mean, again, get lost. Get lost, exactly. You know, if they really, really want to be groomed, they can do a really exaggerated stretch and sort of present their back to somebody, which again, humans may, may have seen in, in their travels. Uh, tearing strips sort of flirtatiously from a leaf was kind this is the Lolita of the ape world. Um, And and of course, um, actually stroking another chimp's mouth while it was eating is, I'd like a bit of that. Give me the food. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, I think it's just really interesting. And part of the interest is where did language come from? This idea of intentional or meaningful communication. You know, for many decades, humans, as we often do, we think we are different from other animals in, in many more ways than perhaps we are. We thought we were the only species that had this intentional language. We've known for some years that the great apes certainly have it. But now it also seems maybe these early gestures are the foundation of of where the thought processes around our own language come from. It's interesting that if you look at uh, humans who can't uh, shout at each other because of noise uh, and they've never had to sign at each other ever before, you know, but they can actually make signs that the other will understand. Absolutely, the universal language yes. of signs that we've developed, all of us, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's sort of what this is pointing to. So really, really interesting work. Now, your second topic is about the overpackaging and overprocessing of food and how it might be damaging our health. 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot on this lot around microplastics and pollution and how it's something we really need to be aware of. And this is this is new work from the University of Hull in the UK. And this was work that was done by surgeons that were doing um, heart transplants. And sometimes when they're doing a heart transplant, they have to do a vein graft. So they take a piece of the saphenous vein from your leg and they, they use that to repair the heart. But they decided to have a look at the vein tissue, so the actual vascular tissue. So we've seen before that there were microplastics in human blood. But here there's actually microplastics in the vascular tissue itself. Um, So they were able to find per gram of vein tissue at least 15 particles of plastic and they were able to find at least five different types of plastics. And and they were able to identify the plastics down to where they're coming from. And, And predominantly they seem to be the type of chemicals that we use in food packaging. So these kind of paints that you put on the surface of packaging, um, adhesives that stick packaging together, and and then these kind of flexible thin films, you know, that we use all sorts of places to Mm. keep food fresh, to keep medicines fresh. Um, They found chemicals that, that are used for that, those as well. So, I mean, we don't yet know the full implications of this, but we do know that these kind of things in vein tissue in a lab cause inflammation and stress to the tissues. I think we can intuitively feel it's not it's not good for us. Um, so we, but whether we, it'll do damage to shorten your life or whether you'll die with a lot of this stuff in your veins of natural causes. Yeah, we, we, do, we, don't, we don't know, know that yet. We yeah. don't know. Uh, there's other research about uh, the processing of foods. Yes, well, here we do know that there's too much processed food is very likely to, to shorten your life and, and reduce your health. Uh, again, this is kind of adding to a big body of knowledge, but I do feel like this is something science has been telling us for, for decades now, really. And, and in many ways, we keep going the wrong direction. We keep processing food. So if you've ever seen one of those programmes where someone makes a great dish at home and then they get to bring it to a supermarket, you'll often find it can't be made in the same way as you would do at home in the supermarket. Yeah. And that's because you have to add different things to preserve it, to pack it. Yeah. I mean, you're home cooking, you eat it on the day or you freeze it. Exactly. Um, whereas if you're preparing for the supermarket, you've got to have a best before date. It has to have a certain shelf life. Exactly. So so you have to add in things, additives, flavourings to make it to make it uh, a suitable, suitable to be sold in a supermarket. And, and what we found is th- this study looked at 200,000 middle-aged adults and they were monitored carefully over 10 years. And and they found those that had much more processed food in their diet had a very significant higher risk of developing uh, 34 different types of cancer. And particularly women here are impacted. So breast cancer, ovarian cancer seem to be more susceptible to this inflammation. Mm. Again, probably back to inflammation. These studies are are interesting. Like halfway through, you realise there's a heightened risk. Do you cry halt and say, no, no, please start eating veg? Yes. You do. Well, well, I well. think in some cases they will. I mean, these studies, that they, they possibly don't when they don't do the results, but they do sometimes stop scientific studies if the results are so overwhelming that they should stop and, and guide people in a different direction. But like this isn't new in, in the sense that we kind of, we, we know this general direction of travel, but I think it tells us all kind of get back to wherever we can that um, simple ingredients, home cooking is what's best for us. What's best, Ruth? Thank you very much, Dr. Ruth Freeman, a Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.